0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Well, it's free training. It's a fun time to talk baseball. We reached out to a very knowledgeable former twin-twin broadcaster, Roy Smalley, good enough to join us right now. Roy, you've had a chance in the offseason to look at this team. Where would you bat in this batting order? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Not if at I your current it. age, but I at your prime. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry I, about button. I don't
1: know if I'd make this club. I got I got to <laughs> tell you this is uh this is an awfully awfully potent uh offensive uh, uh lineup and it, it with the uh, addition of, of Donaldson, uh it, there are so many ways that Rocco Altobelli can go uh against right-handed starters, left-handed starters, protect against relievers in the lineup. They're, they're just a it, it, and all these guys can hit, so it's going to be pre- it's going to be pretty fun.
2: Roy, do, do players enjoy that? If you you know, you always talk about clearing your mind to hit. And one of the things this lineup does is you don't have to think a lot about you know hit and run, and uh, uh, am I going to bunt him over? All those things. I mean, you can pretty much come to the ballpark and think I'm I'm going for it. Does that change your mindset? You know, I think what
1: I, um, it's a great question, actually, but I think that uh, it, it, it might it it might uh simplify things a little bit for um you know for the players but the main thing about that to your point is that uh everybody 1 through 9 or actually you can go 1 through 12 i mean it, it, whoever is in there uh, everybody looks at everybody else around them and says hey man these guys can hit and i can hit and if i don't do it this time i'm going to go up and do my thing if i don't do it you know the next the next guy probably will and i I think the combination of the excitement of being part of a lineup like that is uh it lends itself to it, it, to real success but also the uh the knowledge that uh, nobody has to carry the club that there'll be you know any number of guys at any given time that uh will step up and and uh, do big things that's a huge confidence builder as well so i mean i I think that from an offensive standpoint uh the 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 mental part of the game has has gotten it has to be an awful lot simpler and easier and, and positive for these guys.
0: Roy, you watched his team very closely last year, and if they had some deficiencies, they won more than hundred games. Defensively, they were okay, a little below average in several categories. Talk if you would about what the addition of Donaldson at third and a healthy Buxton in center will mean to the defense.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, it maybe half again better, or maybe twice as good. I mean, it, there's there really is is uh, it, it, almost it's almost impossible to quantify uh, what Byron Buxton means uh, to the club. Uh, the number of outs that are that are saved, the number of extra base hits that are that are saved, uh, all the things that he does. I mean, he's it, it, in my view the um, when he's healthy and it, 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 he's the best. Center fielder in the game, and you talk about being strong up the middle, and you know to have that much better in center field uh, on your team uh, than uh, than most everybody else, it, it, it's meaningful, it, it, it's significant, and and that will change things. Having Donaldson at third base uh, immediately makes uh, the uh, left side uh, again half again, maybe twice as twice as good, and I, I think that uh, Jorge Polanco will continue to improve it at shortstop, and I think with Donaldson at third base, uh, Polanco's offensive ability, the combination of what, uh, what he does offensively and, and defensively is, is going to be plenty good enough. I, I think the interesting thing will, will be, um, it, speaking of strong up the middle, it, the emergence of Luis Ariz at second base and how, how good a defensive player is he going to be uh we know what he can do offensively we at least we know what we're expecting him uh to do maybe not hit 350 but but this young guy can uh, can get base hits and we know what he can and take tough at bats we know what he can do i think he's a little i think we're a little bit uh unclear yet about what his defensive upside is at second base so we'll be we'll be watching that too
2: do you think this infield will be better than it was the last year
1: I oh I definitely uh I I, I definitely think it'll be better said it's um you just the addition of Donaldson at third base there are more plays uh critical to a uh, a uh, team's defense on the left side of the infield than there uh, that there is at uh than there are at first base. So uh moving Sano to first base it, that's going to be a little clunky too for a little bit. You know, I I, I thought uh that uh last year uh the uh CJ Cron did a an admiral job uh, uh uh, admirable job playing first base uh, defensively, and and I don't know that we'll see the same, you know, the same thing out of Sano. I think Sano is competent uh, defensively uh, on ground balls and and uh, and all of that uh, kind of thing. But there's going to be some some adjustment uh, over time for him playing at first base uh, every day, and and uh, we'll we'll watch that as well. I don't think that's going to be. Uh, immediately as strong i may be wrong about that but i don't think immediately as strong but the the rest of the infield with the addition of donaldson i think makes uh makes the infield better than it was last year
2: Roy, this whole thing with houston and uh you know stealing signs and all that how does that play out inside different clubhouses throughout Is it, will there be a lot of conversation will guys be saying to their starting pitcher hey take him out whatever what, what do you think that how does this evolve I
1: don't think there's going to be uh retaliation uh in that way. That doesn't uh, you know, I mean I I think it was I I think that the commissioner didn't go far enough. It was an awful it it was an awful uh time in in baseball. What they did to uh the credibility, the integrity of the game was is uh, unconscionable and it, it would be it would it, it would be next to impossible probably to um to punish the players that were Involved just because of the investigations and and the lawyer, the players' agents being involved and the sure. lawyers and the you know the deposition. I mean, it, it, it might last for another twelve months. So I, I mean, I think it's it's situationally uh, impossible to to punish the players more, most likely. But yeah, you know, I don't think it was. Uh, I, I don't think it was a. Uh, beyond reason that they would uh, vacate the world championship and and all, I and I think that's probably the way the players uh feel about it. I mean it, I don't think that that pitchers are going to I I I think it's unlikely they're going to start drilling Houston Astros uh players. I, I I think everybody everybody hates it. All players uh hate what uh what was done and uh wish that more had been done for for punishment, but I think it, it, more to the point, maybe it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, if I were a pitcher, I, I, I would, I'd want to go out there, jump out there right away against the Astros and see if they could hit me without knowing what was coming.
2: <laughs> top <Tough laughs> Advantage pitcher, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, and you know, one pitcher, I forget who it was. Said, you know, give me a guy with steroids. Uh, you know, I'd rather I'd rather pitch to a guy uh-huh. that I know was was uh, it was cheating to get stronger and, and better, rather than a guy that knew what I was throwing. I mean, it, I mean, it, you have no idea how much it means. If it, it, to to your earlier question, Dave, uh, if I knew every pitch that was coming to me, I I, I could make this Twins light up.
0: <laughs> we'll work on that. We just had Felvy on if it in the other sequence, we would have brought that up. you know Roy, uh, you see it from a unique standpoint because you're in the broadcast booth. Talk a little bit about the production the twins got from the catching position last year and what Garver's potential might be because in terms of you know what the twins got up catching last year, it was so far above everybody else in the major leagues, and I don't think we've seen Garver's peak.
1: I I agree with you. I don't think we've seen uh his peak uh, at all. And what they received last year was you know almost unprecedented. I mean, they put up I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of uh, of how good Johnny Bench and Yogi Berra and, and those <laughs> kind of guys were to put up uh, kind of numbers that uh, two guys uh, you know hitting uh, I guess opposite pitching uh throwers, you know, right against left and left against right. I mean, it it kind of gives you an idea of uh, how good you know catchers that were you know played 140 or 50 games were in, the, in the, back in my day but uh what Garver did uh the the improvement that he made uh is is remarkable and looks very real to me and and now I think for him the next step is um going to be de- continuing to gain the experience and knowledge of the pitchers and understanding what to do in and what he wants to do with his swing in different situations against different pitchers and I I think I uh, I think now it just gets it gets better and better and I and I think the 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 real danger uh back to uh max back to your your comment earlier about it, things being in people simpler in people's minds uh you know he's such an offensive threat and and he loves it so much really for the twins you know he needs to continue to get better and better defensively as well and i th- i think the, you know that's the one thing uh that uh, that i'll be looking for this year i expect him to be good offensively uh and uh i hope that he can just uh, get better and better defensively as well he has the tools to do that and i'm not denigrating his defensive skills i I'm, I'm perfectly happy with how he catches Uh, Given his uh, offense, but I think there's, I I think he's got uh, the ability to get even better defensively.
2: Do you think that young second baseman can hit hit like he did last year? Well,
1: well, that remains to be seen, Uh, Sid. I would, I, I mean, he came up and nobody, nobody knew him, and uh, he he does a, a couple of things. Exceedingly well. One is he—he d- he only swings at strikes. It's remarkable the pitches that he's able to, to take and 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 not get himself out. He only swings uh, at uh, at strikes, and he has an incredible ability to uh, get the big end of the bat to the ball on a consistent basis, no matter if it's right-handed, or left-handed pitchers, or or what the what the pitch is. And so uh, he waits a long time. He watches the ball a long time. and has a has a very short, quick. Uh, stroke that uh, enables him to get the big end of the, you know, the good part of the bat to the ball uh, a lot. I speculated last year that uh, what is what was going to happen uh, was that pitchers are going to start trying to pitch him inside and up in the strike zone. And the reason I said that is because when a guy uh, waits as long as he does, inside pitches are going to give him a little trouble because you have to be earlier in the contact in, in the zone in, on inside pitches than uh than anything anywhere else and so and sure enough toward the end of the year they started pitching him inside and and up a little bit and it gave him a little bit of uh, a little bit of trouble but he handled it pretty well and the good news about them potentially finding the best place to pitch him is that you've got to be really really good you've got to be able to throw it right there because if it's just inside he's going to take it and now you're ball two and he's he's back in charge so I I expect that he's going to be a very good offensive player, whether he can hit 350 for a full season. I mean, I'm not going to, he reminds me a lot of Tony Gwynn, but I'm not going to anoint him as such yet. You know, we're going to have to wait and see, you know, when the pitchers adjust and how he adjusts back and and the grind of playing every day at second base and, and all that kind of stuff. But I expect he's going to be a very good offensive player.
2: Roy uh, you, you know, when uh, Josh Donaldson shows up and Nelson Cruz shows up we were talking to Derek Falvey about that when 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 you went to the twi- w- w- you know we talk about leadership in a clubhouse when you were a young player did you go visit Rod Carew or how, how does that work for a young player do you just observe them do you, do you do they come to you how does that work and is it I I know it's different for everybody but how did you how did you work that
1: well it is different for everybody. It's it's different for for young players, and it's different for the for the guy, the veterans that you know that are the uh, quote leaders. Uh, generally speaking, the the older guys won't go to a young guy. They'll they'll wait for uh, you know wait for the, uh, the younger guys to you know to come you know to them. I think the biggest uh the biggest advantage uh, it, 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 for young players is just being around those kind of guys every day and watching what they do uh watching uh what they do to prepare themselves to play, watch how they they practice uh watch their attitude in the game from pitch to pitch and bat to bat and how they handle adversity and uh, how they're able to uh, you, you know let adversity and let some bat at bats uh, you know fall off their back and and do something big that you know the next time up and and that 's where I think that uh the leadership really uh really comes to the forefront with with younger players and I think we saw that i think we saw nelson cruz 's impact on everybody the whole lineup uh you know last year it was not just his uh you know his presence, and it, I mean, it, it was it, it was even in adversity. They they watched what he did, they watched how he practiced, and all those kinds of things. And you know, plus you put a guy of that kind of impact in your third spot, and all of a sudden the whole lineup gets better. Now you got Donaldson added to that, and you know I suspect he'll hit second or or fifth or you know one of those. One of those kind of places, and it's going to be. It's just going to. It's going to double up the leadership that these guys can watch, and and I think that's going to rub off up and down the lineup.
0: Roy, uh, I'm going to take you back a few years. You grew up in baseball. Your dad. Longtime Major League player, Uncle Gene Mock, player and manager. A friend of mine, Jane Alley in Arizona, sent me a book he liked called The Baseball Codes, The Unwritten Rules of Baseball, which I'm reading right now and greatly enjoying. One of the chapters I just finished was on the hidden ball trick. Did you ever take part in a hidden ball trick that did you remember at any level?
1: I did. One, I, I got to tell you, uh, one of the <laughs> – oh, gosh, how do I describe how I felt about this? We're in Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh George Brett's on second base and uh I think he had uh he had just hit uh a double and I had known George for a long time. We're both from Southern California, and and uh, you know, I was uh, I was li- in the off season. I was living in Manhattan Beach, California, and he had he had grown up not far from there. But he and his brothers had you know were, we're buying property all along the beach area there in Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach, and and he stopped by. He would stop by where I was uh, living in Manhattan every once in a while, and so I mean I know I had known George. we were we very, were we very friendly as competitors, and and uh, it, but this particular day we're in Kansas city in his home ballpark. And he had just hit a double and the ball came in to me. And I noticed that I didn't really think that he was uh, paying attention to where the ball was. So I put it in my glove and uh, Dave Goltz was, was on the mound and you know, the pitcher's not supposed to be, you know, on the rubber uh, anywhere close without the ball. So I kind of, I, I think it was, uh, it, it might've been Johnny Casino playing third and, and I I I just kinda yelled to uh, Castino and, and and gave him a sign. I said, Go in and talk to you know, to Dave Goltz. It, it so uh he went in and and um and started they started a conversation near the mound which was totally bogus. And I just wanted I just wanted to see if George would get off the base and and I, I uh George was looking at toward the pitcher and I turned to the second base umpire behind George's back and showed him that I had the ball. And uh, he walked off. I came over, and said, "How are you doing, George?" He, and he walked off the base. And I tagged him. The umpire called him out. And he looked at me like I was the biggest traitor.
2: <laughs> How did that end? How did that play
1: out after that? Wow, That's a great story. <laughs> and I, you know, I, it was a big situation in the game. It took it took them out of a. It, out of a rally but you know i really had mixed emotions about (laughs) about that because i felt like i I felt like somewhat of a jerk but hey you know trying to win a ball game did did
2: you guys were you okay after
1: that yeah we were okay (laughs) he looked he looked at me and and then you know but george was that kind of player too george played hard and he you know he knew the rules and and all that kind of stuff, and and um, and he would have done. I know that he thought after that he he would have done the same thing uh, to me and laughed about it. So I, you know, I, I didn't feel uh, I didn't lose any sleep over it. But for there for, there was a little bit of uh, an awkward moment out there when I uh, wow. when he realized uh, what was happening. The only thing that ever came close to that for me was after I got uh, after I got traded to uh, the Yankees. In 1982, the twins came into town. It hadn't been, I hadn't been—I hadn't been gone from the twins very long. And uh, Gary Gaetti was on first base, and somebody got a base in a right field or or a double. And uh, uh, Gaetti uh, rounded second base and missed the bat. I saw him—I saw him not step on the base. And I and I immediately went to the second base umpire and I said, "You saw that, right?" And uh, he wouldn't make it. He wasn't. He wouldn't make a commitment about that, but I got the I got the ball right away and came in and and said, uh, you know, the umpire. I stepped on the back and said, I'm appealing, Guyati missing third and or missing second, and the umpire had seen it and he and he uh, called Guyati out and. Gary was uh, it was kind of the same kind of deal because the rat and I were pretty good friends
0: <laughs> until then yeah. you know Roy uh, Sid wants to wrap things up i 'll finish the book in the next couple of days i 'll walk it across the street. I think you 'll really enjoy it
1: yeah i 'd like to talk we had a uh, i 've had a long conversation on our podcast with uh, Jim sue and We had a big Twitter storm last year in <clears throat> that unwritten rule when uh, uh, Jake Cave swung three and oh in a oh. blowout and got a base hit, and then the pitcher drilled kepler the the next you know the next guy and we talk about the unwritten rules, and people get very upset about unwritten rules. and And uh, maybe someday we'll have a conversation about where those come from and why. Not that they're right, or, you know, right or wrong, but there's a reason why they've they've developed and why it's and why young players don't quite get it uh, as much today. So I'll be interested in reading the book, and maybe we can have that conversation sometime. We'd
0: like to do. It. I'll bring the book over to you in a couple of days. Sid, want to wrap wrap it up? Talk about what you remember more with the
2: Yankees.
1: You know, it was a great experience, uh, Sid. I had I, I had some really good years uh, there, and um, it's it's a funny it's a funny kind of experience because you have at that time, you know, your friend uh, uh, George Steinbrenner was a bit on the warpath with his team. He was making trades and you know yelling at players uh, publicly and all that kind of stuff. And so that that was swirling around. There was there were fifty people. At, media people every day i mean if we played the last place team there were 50 people in the, media people in the in the clubhouse and of course the newspapers back there are incendiary so it was it was a, a it's a, it can be a stressful time and at the same time there is nothing like uh playing in the stadium and uh, one of the things that i will remember my whole life is not long after i'd been there uh, coming up in the in the bottom of the eighth inning with score tied and uh hitting a uh, a grand slam home run a home run in the third deck in Yankee Stadium and you know to essentially win the ballgame and, and getting called out for a, a curtain call in Yankee Stadium. Uh it's something that you never forget.
0: Sid you want to wrap it up?
2: Well was a pleasure to have you on the air. And I always remember my friendship with you and uh Gene Mock. He was one of my best friends and great baseball player. And for appearing on his show, we'll get you a a great certificate to Murray's the best
0: steakhouse in the country.
1: Well, I love that, Sid. Thank you very much. I can't wait to go have a steak.
0: <laughs> Roy, I'll bring it over Thanks, as a bookmark. It'll be a yeah, bookmark.
1: Never, never mind that book, Dave.
0: Bring that certificate. <laughs> You'll get them both. <laughs> Thanks so much, Roy. All right, I'll see you guys. All right, it's Roy Smalley back with more after this sports huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike.